you're listening to the Coaching Matrix Private Podcast with Amber Smith. All right. Welcome to day two of the Pro Coach. They were talking about powerful coach identity. And a lot of what um, we're going to talk about today, I got from resources, like we talked about on our first call, like I want to share the resources with you in the case that you want to take it deeper. A lot of today is going to be from Power Versus Force by David R. Hawkins. Um, I love his books. They're very nerdy, um, <laughs> like very sciencey. But I think what he teaches gives like a practical application to what we know as coaches, which is like the focus on love gives us power instead of neediness or trying to get right. And so today is really going to be about shifting um, how you see yourself and how you see your clients. And it's going to be about love, but we're going to talk about how it actually shows up um, because it's, it sounds cheesy, but it's not, I, I think you guys are here for this conversation. So some of the shifts that, um, we're going to start, start off right off the bat is that I see me in my power and I see others in their power being to me, being a pro coach means really letting people rise to meet us. It's not that we don't take action. It's not that we don't do things in our business to create results. It's that we know our presence the way we show up in the world, our being is what magnetizes our clients to us, not by trying to get people to say yes. Um, and this is really a shift because in a balance, because like I said, we are still taking action. We are still marketing and we're creating relationships, but it's the presence and the way of being that really matters. And I think that makes the difference. Um, and I think for me, definition, like the definition of being in my power means I see everyone through the lens of love. And that's kind of hippie, kind of, kind of lovey-dovey, <laughs> but we're going to break down like what that actually looks like because often um, we actually end up building our business through fear if we're not super conscious of our state of being while we're taking action, right? If you look at your business bank account and you're like, I need to make money. I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. I better sell some coaching is like the energetic quality of fear, even though we're taking the right action, right? Like selling our coaching, the fuel is fear, and that won't create our business. And so we have to do the inner work um, to really get to the place where we're loving ourselves, loving our clients. That's where all our power is. And like I said, it sounds a little cheesy, but we're gonna we're gonna break it down. Um, and so one of the things that um, I really believe in this too, because I don't want coaches to manipulate or coerce people who aren't ready for coaching. I know I've been in, I like, or especially early on in my business, I would, you know, jump on consults with coaches that I wanted to work with. And it felt really like, ugh, just disempowering to me because like, it felt like, um, sorry, one more person. Um, it felt like they were trying to coerce me to say yes, which felt like I was out of power. And I almost always said no, because it didn't feel right to me. And what's sad is, is sometimes people do say yes. And the relationship isn't built um, on love and transparency and power, it's built on that coercion. And I really want you guys to build, build your client, look like your list of clients in a way that feels empowering for both of you, where it's like really consciously them saying yes to their future and the results that you're offering. Even if it feels uncomfortable, even if the investment feels big, it's an empowering experience for both of you. And so like, this is just like those subtle shifts into power, into love, it's an opportunity for them to rise. And I really feel that. And so even though I'm going to teach you some of my philosophy and tactics on signing clients, 
this is the most important foundation I can teach you, which is it really comes from me seeing my clients in their power and loving them and loving the future that I see that they can create and loving them enough to make them a bold offer just because we love them and we see them in their power. And we're in like this elevated level of consciousness doesn't mean that we don't ask big things of them. Doesn't mean we don't want them to powerfully say yes to your, like your offer that you're giving them. And it doesn't even matter your price. Like it should feel like a stretch and an opportunity for both of you to create something new. Um, because part of coaching is like changing the way that they show up for their, for themselves and for their, their life. Right. And so the stretch is a really good thing. And so I've kind of wanted to give you like a little list of things that I see coaches do when they're in their power. Um, they share their offers with excitement and love, right? Like we're not afraid to sell when we're in our power because it's not even about manipulating their yes. It really is giving them an opportunity. Um, standing firm in our decisions as coaches is you in your power, like the, like the decisions you make for your pricing, which we're going to talk about your offer next week in detail. Um, but I think this is a really important foundation to have that you're going to make decisions in your power, which means you love your decisions. You love the things you decide for your offer, for who you work with, for the length of your coaching packages, all of it. Another one that I think is different than a lot of coaches teach. And like I said in the beginning, take what works for you, leave what doesn't. For me, letting clients come to me is really important. I do my work and I let them do the work to come and meet me. Um, we're going to talk about following up, which I think if done right in, the, in the, an element of service and power and love and focus on, on their needs, um, following can be really powerful. We're going to end this right-hand column. You're going to see me talk about what force can look like. And so I think it's important that even if I let clients come to me and you, you want to adopt that mentality, following up can have a beautiful place in your business too, if it's done with the right energy, right? Um, giving clients space and opportunities to make their own powerful decisions that can happen on a consult call, that can happen in your marketing, um, but really believing in their ability, their power to make a choice. Um, and then coaching them if they need help with that process. Another thing that we do in our, in our power is holding boundaries. And like that could include what you choose to charge, how you show up for your clients in your coaching packages in Voxer or between calls or even on calls. Um, I said honoring desires because I really think that this is important to, to understand within yourself, which is like, how do you desire to run your business? And do you like your reasons and your results? And I think when we can start to have a good relationship with our desires, the, the path becomes clear. We know what we want to do. And that's like the path that we take, right? I know that I want to do one-on-one coaching. So that's what I'm going to sell. I love it. it. It lights me up. I'm in my power when I sell it. I'm in like the power side, not the force side. Hold on. Sorry. Seeing people join the waiting room. Um, the next thing is focusing on service, not people pleasing. We're going to talk about this today, the difference between serving and people pleasing. Um, and then the last thing is being the leading energy. And I really, really believe that one of the reasons our clients want to work with us is because they want someone to lead in the energetic exchange in the relationship, right? They want us to lead them in the conversations and where they're going. And this doesn't mean taking control. This doesn't mean like telling them what you think they should do. It just means that you keep the cadence in your coaching conversations. You have a direction that you want to take the conversation. If it gets, you know, kind of stagnant or dull, um, they don't know, maybe they don't know what to do next and they need your help um, figuring that out. The point is, is they have something that they want to create, right? If you're in deep coaching, most of you guys are in the art of deep coaching with me. 
we talked about one of the five coaching assumptions is like everyone has something that they want that they don't have. And so you being the leading energy because you love them and because you believe that they can have that thing, it can really serve our clients when we're in this personal power stance. Let's talk about how force can look. It can look a lot of different ways for for you individually. Just notice which one is coming up for you without judgment. This isn't about judging how we show up when we're in more in force, but it's about becoming aware of when it can show up. I know for me, like if I'm feeling um, desperate or scared or worried, I can end up doing these things and I don't want to because I want to see my clients in power and I want to see myself in power. Hoping our clients say yes. (laughs) It's a sneaky one. We all want them to. But I think when we get on a consult and we're like really hoping that they say yes and we're actively hoping on the consult call, I think before the consult call, it's like pretty natural to want our clients to say yes. But when we're on the consult call, when we love our clients, we are really at peace with whether they say yes or whether they say no, as long as it's for their highest good, right? And the timing is right. But when we focus on loving them, And we're going to talk about um, David Hockett's scale and the emotional scale um, for like levels of consciousness. And we talked a little bit about that in Art of Deep Coaching. So it'll be a a revisit, but I think it's important to see. Um, We can have wisdom. We can really serve them on the consultations or in conversations. However, you're assigning clients. The process doesn't really matter. The energy is the same, right? We're We're focusing on seeing them as a very capable person, a very like powerful person able to make decisions for their life, including whether they work with you or not. We're trying to discover the truth of what will serve them the most and what they're ready for. Um, The next thing is that I talked about is following up out of desperation. Like I mentioned, I don't think following up, following up is bad if it's done in the right energy. I think if you had a consultation and maybe you left the conversation in the gray zone, which is something we're going to talk about. I always leave the conversation as hell yes, or no for now, (laughs) right? That way you can have the clarity you need to move forward. But if you have that gray zone or you're, you know, you told them that you would follow up or however your process is, do following up out of love and service, not because you're hoping that they say yes, not because you need clients, right? That neediness is one of those things, like if you're looking at your circumstances to tell you how to show up in your business, like, especially if you don't have clients or you're wanting more clients right now, which is totally okay come from a place of love, not needing them to say yes. And the following up will feel really clean and really good to you. The other thing that happens is changing our prices to accommodate others. Accommodation is not personal power. Accommodation is a form of people pleasing. And if you guys have specific questions, go ahead and ask them um, in the chat, because I think that this can show up in a lot of different ways. For me, like it, before I learned this whole world, I accommodated a lot of people. I people pleased because that's kind of my natural um, tendency because I'm afraid of holding someone's negative emotion. And so I can speak a lot to it, (laughs) both for myself and the coaching I've gotten, but also coaching other people through, um, they're trying to clean up their energy. Like they don't wanna accommodate, they don't want to people please. This is gonna be a really powerful lesson for all of us in that way. Um, And this is different than bespoke coaching offers because I, you guys know, I'm very interested in like, there's no rules and you can create your business the way that you want. And some of you guys are going to really gravitate towards bespoke coaching offers. I learned a lot about this in the book, The Prosperous Coach. Um, If you haven't read that book, please read it. It is so good. But the, basically a bespoke coaching offer is one where you like create it with the client. It's customized to them. 
And I've done this before, and I still do this depending on who I'm talking to in the consultation, but it has to be in power, right? Like we don't want to do it because we're hoping that they say yes, or we're afraid of them saying no. We really want to do it in a way that serves both of us. One, because I'm a business owner, right? Like, and I need to do things that make sense for the future of my business and my business right now. And I want to see them in their power, able to say yes. Um, so like an example of this would be, maybe you have a 10 K coaching package and someone, you know, you're talking on the consult and they don't want to work with you for six months. They're really looking for someone to walk them through the transition in their job, or maybe they're wanting to, if you're a weight loss coach, like they're like, you know, I just want to really get started. I I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to work with you for a year. Do you have any other options? And you have a choice to make, right? Like if you haven't thought about it and you're like, I'm going to scramble and make this work and I'm going to be scrappy. I've done that too. (laughs) Um, We want to make sure that we're not going into trying to people please them. It has to be really powerful, like a really powerful decision when you're making bespoke coaching offers. I like to have different offers available that I've already decided on previously when I'm on a like a consultation because that feels like I'm in my power and I can focus on service and I'm not going to people please on that call for you. It might be a form of creation with your client. Um, but we always want it to be in your power, not accommodation. And, and it will feel different in your body. We kind of talked about the open versus constricting. I know when I'm accommodating others, I feel this energy. It doesn't feel like I'm in my power versus creating a bespoke coaching offer feels very expansive and open. That's like a quick way to know. Um, Another way that you might know you're out of power is you're worried about their no. You're worried about being disappointed. You're worried about um, that you failed or that this means something that you're going to, you know, not make it in this industry or whatever, especially on the console. If you're worrying about their no, you're missing opportunities to serve them. Um, The next one that's really big is attempting to control like the outcome. This can limit your ability to coach in the moment. It can limit what you say to like show them what's really going on or what, like what's really true for them because you're trying to control. And usually it's not like you're trying to like control them and make them do things in their life. It's usually a form of people pleasing. It's usually you're going to avoid saying something hard because you don't want them to resist or have a negative comment back, or you don't want them to feel emotional on your call or be upset with you, even though that would serve your client. Right. And so one of like the things that I've had to work on is like really seeing that people pleasing is not service. And sometimes saying a hard thing, showing the truth is going to feel really uncomfortable. And that's probably exactly what they need. And so just notice, like if you're trying to control the outcome or if you're trying to control their response to what you say, Usually that results in you withholding some information that could serve them. And then the other thing that I see a lot is like selling out of fear or lack. I like, we've all done this. And so, like I said, this isn't a place to judge. This is a place to get aware. If you like, like the example I mentioned, right. If you're like selling because you need to make money this month and that's literally what prompted the action that can be true. Like you can feel fear and lack and that is okay, but don't let it be the fuel that you bring into your business. It's a totally different experience. And I always joke that people can smell it. Like, I don't really think they can, but people can feel when it's coming from a place of like, I need to make money versus I'm really here to serve you. This offer is going to help you. Um, So a lot of what we're going to talk about, I'm going to stop sharing my screen and just talk to you guys after this is, this is from his book. Um, 
the map of human consciousness explained, which is a very nerdy book too. And if you're, like I said, if you're in the art of coaching, you're going to recognize some of these things. I like to use the emotional scale just because I think emotions are an easier indicator that for me than like, like the, my energetic frequency and like, am I experiencing enlightenment or reason? Like that stuff doesn't really, like, this is a hard one for me to um, understand, but like the emotional scale really helps me know. Um, and I kind of highlighted where I see the client creation happening. And something that I want to share with you is it's okay to feel all of these emotions like worry and blame and doubt and pessimism, even boredom. Like it's okay to feel them. Just notice if you're feeling those things and you're trying to get on social media and sell, or you're trying to hop on a consult. Doing the inner work means actively trending upward to getting into the the client creation zone, (laughs) right? That's being a powerful coach. It feels so much better. You're going to have more clarity. You're going to have more ideas. Um, I think you're more creative when you're, you know, feeling passion or enthusiasm or optimism or hopefulness and joy versus like doubt, worry, and blame. And that seems really obvious, except we do this, right? I know I've done this, Um, especially as a new coach. Like I was like hungry for success. Like I really, I really wanted it. Um, I was super excited about the industry. I was super excited about the possibilities, but I also felt a lot of overwhelm. I felt frustrated. Um, I felt stuck sometimes. Um, I felt discouraged because things weren't happening as fast as I wanted them to. And what's funny is that I would take that discouragement and go and try to make something happen on social media, which is like, it seems like that's what happens, right? Like, okay, I'm feeling discouraged. I want to change this. And then I would get up and I would try to sell and I would try to make offers and I would try to meet people. But I like the fuel was discouragement or frustration. And I didn't have the awareness to see like, that's not going to be the best way for me to serve. It's not going to help me make powerful offers. I was out of alignment. And so actually what would have, it seems like, counterintuitive, but would have, what would have served me was to go for a walk, (laughs) to breathe, to maybe make a gratitude list, to find, like to play with my kids that actually would have served my business. If I could have gotten into the state that is what I call it client creation, right? Like that would have been more beneficial for me than just to hop on my social media and like bust it out. That doesn't mean we don't get on social media, we don't make offers or we don't write an email or whatever. Like we're going to talk about action for sure. But noticing where you're at on the scale is super important to building a business because this is where it's, um, what is that effect? Maybe one of you guys could know. It's like 20% of your action accounts for 80% of your results or something like that. Does anyone have it off the top of their head? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> if you have it, write it in the chat. I should have I should have looked that up. It just came to me while I was talking. But basically most of your action, it's going to be like very few actions are going to lead to all of your results. And so it's super important to take those actions when you've done the inner work to get to this place, to get to contentment, to optimism, um, to enthusiasm, because that this is like the classic abundance, right? Like we want to take action from abundance instead of lack. And this is like a very granular way to do it. And so I want to tell you a story Um like I said, if you guys know what I was talking about, please put it in the chat, the 80%, 20%, or maybe it's like 10%, 90%. I can't remember the percentage, but basically very few actions lead to most of your results. And so then we want to do mostly those actions and get rid of the rest. The Pareto principle. Thank you, Shirley. <laughs> yes. Okay. Do you know what the percentage is by chance, Shirley? If you do, can you put it in the chat? That'd be great. 
<laughs> Thanks. So I'm going to tell you a story. This isn't when I was a coach. This is when I was working in a residential treatment center um, about power versus force. So there is this girl. Um, so at this treatment center, a lot of them would turn 18 in while they were at this center. And when they turned 18, the rules changed. Yes, it's 2080. Thank you, Shirley. Okay. So when they um, turned 18, the rules changed. So they had more rights. And so up to that point, when they were 17, 16, 15 or younger, like we had the say of what they did. So like going to school, um, if they could check in or out, like lots of freedom was available once they turned 18. And there was this girl who turned 18 and decided she wanted to stop going to school. She wanted to drop out. And a lot of the staff were trying to talk to her to get her to go to school because we she was still a senior in high school, right? We still wanted her to graduate from, from high school. And she was giving a lot of resistance, a lot of like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm 18 now. Um, no one's gonna like make me go. I don't wanna go. I'm dropping out, all this stuff. And from our fear, right? I was watching this happen. I didn't have the words to articulate it back then. I was young and just like really like ready to ready to work. <laughs> But I had this like natural um, kind of way of talking with the girls that was really effective. And now I have words for it. I saw them in their power. I loved them and I could see what they were capable of. And I talked to them that way. And so my boss went and talked to her and it was like a huge blow up. And she's like, Amber, will you go talk to Jess? Like, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do because like we, we need her to go to school. And so I remember I walked into her room and I just sat by her and I was like, hey, Jess, like what's going on? It sounds like you got some drama going on. And she's like, you can't make me go to school. I'm like, I'm not here to make you go to school. No one can make you go to school. And she was like, yeah, yeah, thanks. Like kind of like caught off guard because I agreed with her. But what was happening is I was seeing her ability to actively choose, right? And I just sat and talked with her and I asked her what it meant to be an adult and to make powerful decisions for her life. And I just, I coached her. I didn't know that that's like really what I was doing, but I was coaching her to a higher level of consciousness if you think about the emotional scale so that she could choose something different, the choice she was making to not go to school actually didn't lead her to the life that she wanted. She actually didn't feel good about the choice, but because everyone was pressuring her to make a change, right? Like that force she was, if you think about, like, if we look at the emotional scale, she was probably somewhere in like frustration, anger, and that wasn't the way that she was going to consciously create the life that she wanted. And so what I did as the staff was just basically give her her, freedom back to choose and to show her what her choice was doing. But what I felt for her was a lot of love and a lot of focus and a lot of um, hopefulness. And so I was able to show her a new way of thinking, which is exactly what we do as coaches. Right. And after our conversation, she was like, okay, like I'll go to school. And I didn't like, it's not like I manipulated her. My intention wasn't to like manipulate the conversation so that she did go to school, but I really came from a place of deep love for her and then she made a powerful choice to go to school. And everyone at my, my work was like, how did you do that? Like, what did you say? And I was like, I don't know. I just like talked to her like an adult. <laughs> um, and I remember, like, I'll never forget that because I really got this principle in action. When we give people space to say yes, when we give people space to own their power, they do good things. They make powerful choices for their future. But a lot of times they're on the lower end of the emotional scale, right? Like they are in fear. They're on the consult with you worried. They're on the consult with, with you afraid of the investment. They're on the consult with you. Um, maybe they just argued with their husband or their kids were crazy or they just lost their job. Like there's so many factors going into their life that our job is to identify where they're at 
and where we're at, right? Like the, that kind of like that dual um, focus so that we can elevate their consciousness and then make an empowered decision for both of us. And so part of being a pro coach to me is remembering like one, we're only responsible for our level of consciousness or our emotional state, but we also are, can observe our clients and their emotional state and what would they be most beneficial for them. And our job is to help them trend upward so that they can create something new in their life. But we can only do that when we're in a place of power. And so I think that it's really important to have routines and rituals and um, ways of being that's really intentional, either before a consult, before we market, um, before we have a client call. Um, I don't know if you guys have any rituals right now, but for me, like even just taking five really deep breaths helps me see things differently. I ask myself better questions, right? Um, there's a lot of different tools that we use with our clients that we can apply to marketing and client creation that I think can be really powerful um, and beneficial for coaches everywhere. Hopefully you guys, starting with you guys. <laughs> and so I'm going to share my screen one more time. Um, because I think all of this, this scale can be super powerful for you to use on you first when you're thinking about marketing, right? So let's say it's a, it's like a Wednesday or something <laughs> and you're like, I want to sign two clients or whatever you decided on our first call or kickoff call. I know some of you guys have let me know what you're trying to create, which is super fun. Like you're trying to create 20 K or two clients or your highest income month. Um, it's super fun. And it can be tricky if you're feeling like overwhelmed, like a, a common one that entrepreneurs feel is like overwhelm, right? Okay. Like I, I want to create this highest income month ever. And now I'm overwhelmed by what to do. And I'm like worried that this client's not going to renew and all the mind chatter that comes up when we make a powerful decision. Right. And so what this is actually going to look like in real time is often stepping away from your computer or going on a walk or exercising or journaling or doing something literally to trend upward before you take the action. A powerful coach is responsible for their emotional state and the, their level of consciousness. Right, We're not reactive. We are very proactive. That doesn't mean that we can't feel these things and we don't judge it. In fact, judging, judging our worry or our doubt just keeps us there. <laughs> Who's had that experience? I know I have. Um, when I judge myself, I like put myself in a corner, right? Like if I'm feeling discouraged and then I'm judging my discouragement, you know what happens? Like I start to trend down. It doesn't feel good. In fact, that example is really good because when I judge my discouragement, it usually leads to anger, right? It doesn't actually lead to trending upward. And so we have to be like the gentle observer with ourselves. And this is a daily practice. This is something that I'm super conscious of when I'm in client, when I want to take client creation action, marketing, sales conversations, creating content, writing emails, recording podcasts, like all of those things is when I'm very, very intentional about trending upward so that I can get into the, the gray zone up there. <laughs> right. And so, and if you were to kind of work backwards on how you have created clients in the past, I bet it was from the upward part of this scale, right? Like it feels so good to be passionate about your business or passionate about your client's business. This is one that I jump into a lot for consults. So if someone signs up for a one-on-one consult, I'll often like go and look at their social media or their website just to kind of see what they're doing and how I can help them. And I, if I'm in a place of passion for them, I show up to the consultation super excited. I have ideas for them, 
right? Like, and it, they like, they, they get it. They're, they're seeing the vision I have for them. Like they're, they're believing, which is a beautiful place to um, talk on a consult, right? Like when you're like excited and believing in your client, they're going to feel that you can't fake that. <laughs> um, and so other things that can come up is like your personal life. Maybe you're not discouraged or disappointed or worried about your business, but you're struggling with a kid or a husband or a personal relationship or a job. And that's valid. I don't think, I don't think the point is to like get out of this really fast, but when you're going to take those client creation activities seriously, like it's time to write that email or it's time to make that call to action and you're feeling frustrated, take a second to breathe. If you can Right, like it, this, hopefully this is going to help you think about your calendar differently so that you can start inserting activities before you do the client creation activities like breath work, like meditation, like a gratitude journal. Um, one of the references or the resources that I really like, it's called um, the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. And it has actually, it, it's, it's about the law of attraction, but it has a ton of journal exercises that will help you shift the way you think about your life and hopefully help you trend up. Um, because everything that we want to do as a pro coach, like, which is have clients come to us, create clients in our consultations or our conversations is going to happen when you're feeling empowered, when you're feeling love for yourself and for them, when you're feeling excited or passionate, even contentment is for me is a really powerful emotional, um, experience to build my business. I feel contentment in my life a lot. I think that's a made up word that um, Esther Hicks made up. I don't think contentment is an actual word, but content, like, or another word um, that I would use is sufficiency, right? Like that my life is really good now, that I'm present to the miracles and the beauty of my life right now. I can create really amazing content from feeling that way. And so I just want you to take a second, if you have a piece of paper or a sticky note or something, like do a quick check-in. What do you think your best client creation emotion is? Um, and just notice like, how often do you feel that? How often have you felt that today? Because this work is fun in theory, but it's the actual application that's actually going to change your business, right? Like it's actually creating and generating the emotions that we need. And so one of the things that I've talked a lot about is like the dual part of emotions, right? Part of what we do as coaches is help our clients process emotions. And that's super important. Part of what we do with clients is help them generate emotions, which is also super important. This call is really about the generating emotions. All your emotions are valid, whether you're feeling like sad or disappointed, worry, like there's a place for that. And when you're marketing, it's especially important to generate the emotions that you want. And I think that this is, there's like a little nuance here because I think it's also possible to market when you're not feeling good and to market and to sell when you are frustrated, but start trending in the right direction. So if you can't, like if you look, I shouldn't have gotten rid of the screen, sorry, you guys. <laughs> um, like if you're looking at this, um, this scale and let's say you had a really hard day and you're feeling like really discouraged and you also have on your calendar, like it's time to make a post or it's time to make a call to action. Like, I don't know if I can get up to like hopeful. <laughs> it's like 6 p.m. The kids are in bed. I'm like freaking out because I'm tired. I'm feeling really discouraged by my business. Like take a second and just start trending in the right direction. And that can be stepping into your personal power too. Cause you're taking control of your emotional state 
and you're being a conscious creator. So let's say you're like to use the um, example of discouragement. Let me see if I can draw. I suck at drawing. So just, you know, let's see. Bear with me. <laughs> and so you're, you're like trending down, right? Like you're feeling discouraged and the kids are throwing a fit and I'm a mom. So my examples are all about home life. Like, and then maybe um, you get bad news in your email and now you're like, ah! like, okay. And now your like little calendar thing comes up and it's time to like talk about your offer. <laughs> we do not want to talk about our offer if we're trending down. So the most important thing you can do is to do work, whatever it takes to, to start trending up even if it's a little thing before you take the action, even if it's a five minute reset, even if it's just five deep breaths, something to stop the trending down, the trending up is what's going to be creation because this action is being a creator, right? Instead of a reactor, when we're trending down, usually it means we're reacting and proactive um, action is marketing and selling right? Like that is in a nutshell, what we're doing with clients is we're creating something. We're either creating a relationship, we're creating a program, we're creating a launch plan. Um, it's like active creation. And so it is so important to get in the energy of creation, which is spiraling up. I think that that is really, really powerful to know because you don't always have to feel necessarily good, but are you trending in the right direction? Just ask yourself that question before you make that call to action. Um, in the beginning of pro coach. I talked about what it means to be a pro coach. We talked about powerful decisions. We talked about looking for principles. Um, and I think that it's relevant to talk about here, like all of this is something for you, but you get to decide what you do with it. I hope if you have had ideas or if you've been inspired to take a certain action, or maybe it's a routine that you want to add to your week, that you actually do it and not just, you know, listen to this recording <laughs> because it's so much more powerful when you actually apply it to your own life and what that can look like for you. I know for some people like meditation is like, no, like I, like meditation does not work for me and other people it's like, like the best thing ever. So whatever is appealing to you, like if you have your phone, like put it in your calendar, like before you are going to go live or before you're going to write a post, like get trending up. And it'll be way more powerful for you and way more creative. I think it'll unlock a lot. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about is for me, like what I see powerful coaches doing often, this is more of like the action piece, not so much the energetic, um, the energetic piece, but coaches, I'm going to actually write this down. I don't have the, have it on the um, slides. Powerful coaches sell coaching often. I can tell when people are believing based on how often and how powerfully they're selling. And powerful is a word that is very personalized. Just because some people sell on a live video or they do webinars, it doesn't really matter what specific strategy, they are actively selling coaches, coaching. Um, some of the, like, if you think about your favorite coach, like your favorite coaches or gurus or people in the industry or online or on podcasts or whatever, what are they doing almost every single day? They're selling because they believe. And so I'm going to, um, this weekend I'm going to Miami. It's gonna be so fun, but this weekend I'm going to be releasing some of the old pro coach videos, like the original videos. And one of them that I'm going to release is the vibe of getting sold on you. And I think it's so important to do the work, to be sold on what you offer, what makes you different, the ripple effect of what happens when your clients work with you, because when you're believing that you want to sell it. When I think about my clients' marriages getting better, when I think of my about, and you should do this too, like do it right now. 
What gets better in your client's life is because you showed up and coached them powerfully. What shifts behind the scenes? What gets better? What gets more clear? What results are they creating? Because when you're believing that, man, you like want to sell it to everyone. <laughs> um, in fact, one of the things I recommend is like have a, like a document or screenshot collection, something, maybe it's in your notes app, maybe it's in, you know, it doesn't really matter, drive, wherever of either testimonials or clients sharing wins with you. That's another thing that can help you trend up. If you've been feeling down in the dumps, it's amazing to read testimonials and results that your clients have shared with you. That will get you into the, the desire to sell coaching. Um, the next thing that you do when you're in your power as a coach is building relationships. This is one of those principles, like I'm going to start it. Like we talked about principles at the beginning of pro coach. This is a principle that is true. Businesses are built on relationships, period. You cannot build any business without relationships. It's all about people. It doesn't even matter if you're selling um, like tech or like, I don't know, like water bottles. It doesn't matter. It's all about the relationship that the owner or the deliverer of the content or the product or the service is like that relationship with their consumer or their client or their student, right? Um, on Friday, my podcast is going to re be released and I talked about Apple, <laughs> like the, the company Apple. And I feel like I have a relationship with Apple. Like I love Apple products and the same rules apply to when we build our coaching business, right? Like, do we think fondly of our customers? Do we create a relationship so that they think fondly of us? Are we over delivering? Are we really caring about them, whether they hire us or not? To me, like that is my bread and butter. I care about everyone that I'm interacting with before they hire me, after they hire me, whether they stop paying me or keep paying me. I genuinely care because I'm tapped into love. That's why I started this coaching business. That's probably why you started your coaching business. What are you doing to fuel that love for people? Um, and it can be as simple as like checking in on them. Like, how are they doing? Um, like maybe you're DMing them with just like a response to their cute kid or their pet or a new experience or a place that they traveled, like really cultivating relationships. When I look at all of you guys on this call, like I feel like I have a really like some form of relationship with you. And I'm not surprised that you're here, whether it was um, word of mouth, like you connected with someone that I know and love or like directly, like it was all about relationships. And so if you don't know what to do, a powerful coach is building relationships. The next thing I want to um, say is adding value. And this, this is where it's like another principle, right? This can be content. This can be posting on social media or creating, you know, emails or podcasts, but it can also mean in real life. I have a few clients that all they do is offline. In fact, Abby, I think you're one of the few coaches that are, is offline right now. Yeah. And so <clears throat> it doesn't really matter. Like, I think when we think about online business, we think of immediately of like content being online, but adding value can be serving in real life, going to people's events and serving them, asking how you can help. Um, even like in your personal relationships, I'm always evaluating what I do in my life. Is this like solidifying the person I want to be like, um, when you think about the be, do, have model, I want to be someone who adds value to the world, whether that like that's in my coaching business or in my like kids school or at my church or at in my neighborhood. Like I want to be adding value just by the person I am. And so this, this principle is something that we overthink. There's a really good book. What is it called? 
How to Get Clients by Steve Chandler. <laughs> I highly recommend the book because it, I, actually, I'm going to put it in parentheses so that you can all see it. How to Get Clients. Steve Chandler, um, because it's all about service. Like when I, when I bought the book, I was hoping it was going to be like very tactical and maybe give me some more information that I could pass on or apply it myself. And it was a lot of just service focus. We're not worried about how they receive it. We are really being someone who adds value. You will always have clients if you're someone who's always adding value and building relationships. Um, like I remember one of the clients I signed was actually a real estate agent. And this is something we're going to talk about, like get really getting rid of the niche. And she was just a mom on my kid's t-ball team. Like we were just sitting and chatting and she's like, so what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm a coach. And she's like, oh, like Jensen Chero, like you are a badass, like that kind of coach. And I was like, yeah, like I do very similar things to her. And she was like, no way in real life, you're a life coach in real life. And it like reminded me, you guys, there are so many clients out there that think life coaching is like super cool. We get in this little bubble and we forget that there's people that like find that really valuable and cool. What, like what we do, we get online and we're all like talking to each other and we're like, everyone's a coach. Like, I don't know. <laughs> And then we get in the real world, like, oh yeah, like actually there's not enough coaches for all the clients that are available on like offline or at least who aren't aware of coaching. So like, that's a fun thing to think about. There's people who don't even know coaching is like a real thing that they could do who you can serve. And so we sat um, watching our kids play t-ball and they're like four and five. And so it was not good, but it was like funny to watch. And we're just chatting back and forth about how she's a real estate agent. And she's like, do you think you could coach me? And I was like, yeah, I could. Um, depends on what you want to talk about and stuff. And it wasn't like, I really felt in my power because I wasn't like, I didn't even know she could be a client, right? I was just talking to her. I asked her what she wanted. She wanted to step into luxury real estate. And I was like, okay, like, I think you could do it. And she's like, really? And I was like, yeah, like what, like what kind of luxury real estate do you want to ask? And I was just really focused on serving and adding value to her. We ended up having a consult and she ended up working with me for a couple months. And it wasn't even something that I, I tried to do. I was just being someone who added value and building a relationship with her. That's available to you wherever you go. Usually I send clients online and this was my first in-person and well, actually not my first, but my first one, like teaching coaches how to sign clients. And so I just, it was like a really good reminder. Like clients are everywhere, anyone, as long as they're not needy and trying to make everyone our client, right? If we're just focused on the adding value and building relationships. And the principle is true, right? Like, and so the other thing is like, powerful coaches are initiating. They're like, they're agents of change. That's like another way I like to think about it. Like we are doing the work. We're letting people know who we are. We're not hiding it. Um, if I were to go back into that T-ball conversation with her, I could have been like, yeah, I'm a stay at home mom. What are you, what do you do? Like, I could have left out that I was a coach. I could have never told her that could have been something like I used to do that. I used to not tell people that I was a coach. And part of me really embracing my powerful coach identity was telling anyone and everyone. When people ask me how my life is, I bring up my business and so should you. It's a huge part of your life. I bet you think about it a lot. If you're on a call like this, <laughs> I bet you have big ambitions. I bet you want this to be something that you do and something that you are tell people. Part of that initiating is like being the one to build relationships. And so this is one of those paradoxes, right? And um, 
that's actually one of the things that I want to talk about. Like I live in paradox and so should you. <laughs> it's a fun place to be. Um, like the, one of the things that I talked about is like, let them come to you and initiate. And how can those two things exist? And I think that this is a really good thing to play with in your own business and life. I initiate a lot of relationships. A lot of you guys on this call are here because like I initiated a relationship with you by DMing you, by liking your picture, by talking with you. Um, not all of you, but a lot of you, right? Like I initiated a relationship. How often are you initiating re relationships with people that you don't even know that might become a client, but might not, might pay you, might not, and have the equal level of service and love for each person that you initiate a relationship with? Um, and then the other paradox is like, then you let them come to you, right? You are letting people tell you what they want, the level of service that they want from you. People in my audience, like they want me to serve them with my content. You guys want me to serve, like serve you in the coaching matrix. Some of my clients want them a one-on-one -on -one container, right? Like there's different levels for me. And we're going to talk about what offers you have and what levels you can, you know, give clients, but this is a power, like seeing them in their power means you let them decide and you let them initiate what kind of paid relationship they want with you, whether they, that means opting in, whether that means buying or booking a consult, but you're initiating in your marketing, right? Like you're letting them know what you have to offer. So then you get to meet in the middle and that's creation. And so all of these things coming together, um, oh, like the last thing I wanted to say um, is doing the inner work. Coaches usually have an easy time doing the inner work. We love the inner work. We love studying. <laughs> um, and so this is another um, like caveat, like you do take massive action, right? Like we are acting, not just innovating, not just doing thought work, not just journaling at home. We're out and taking massive action. We're making bold offers. We're building those relationships. And so when I think of a powerful coach identity, this is what I think of. And so I just want you part of like, I'm going to um, put this in the members. Oh, I want to make this bigger. I don't know if I can. It just kind of changes. Okay. Sorry, guys. Every time I try to make it bigger, it just kind of slides. Okay. Well, there it is. <laughs> I'm going to have you like rank yourself um, in the worksheet. Can think of the word. How often, like on a scale of one to 10, like how would you rank your selling coaching? Like how often and how powerfully, how often, how powerfully are you building relationships? How often and how powerfully are you adding value? And there's a risk, right? Like when we sell, we risk being disappointed. And some, one of the things that is going to, you're going to start to see is what we're afraid of is being on the bottom part of the emotional scale, which is like unavoidable because that's part of life, right? Like part of life is experiencing negative emotions. And so one of the things that I think a powerful coach does is willingly goes into a place where they might end up feeling disappointed, feeling frustrated, feeling overwhelmed because they know they can trend upward no matter what situation they're in. That's always available to you. And so I, once I learned really that we could generate emotions in business and in life, there's not really a negative emotion that I'm not willing to feel even like something very on the way low and like powerless or humiliated or shame some of those things that I think, especially as entrepreneurs, we're so afraid of being hum humiliated or shamed um, or feeling powerless, whether it's financially or people thinking of our industry as like a scam or whatever, like whatever thing you're afraid of, you can trend up. You don't have to stay there. It's not permanent. And so I became really bold and 
not like unafraid because I still feel fear, but like more so I'm willing to do those things because I know I can generate the emotions. I can trend up at any given point. And so when you're going to rank yourself and do this work where you're like really looking, how often have you built, like when's the last time you built a relationship with a stranger? When's the last time that you just added value and didn't expect anything back? Um, I just had this... Like I really live by this and it's easy in concept, harder to apply, (laughs) right? But when we actually apply these things, like miracles will happen in your business. Like I think about um, one of the kind of like the thoughts I have is that everyone's always paying me, whether it's an attention or referrals or actually paying me as a coach, everyone's paying me because for all you know, you're going to serve someone in your power and with love and they're going to tell their friend or they're going to share your post on social media And that person shares it with someone else. And that person shares it with someone else. And then like in eight months, someone hires you. You're never going to know what came from that one person you served, but it always comes back. And so I'm not attached. And this is the other thing is like living with detachment from specific people saying, yes, will serve you very well. So what I mean by that is let's say we could do that. Like we, I can give you two examples. Let's say you're talking to someone in the DMS and you like share a podcast and over a a few weeks, like you're really building a relationship, being attached would look like really wanting them to say like, I want to hire you or even on a consult being really attached to them saying yes. If you like really analyze, like what's your emotion behind that? It's probably not focusing on service and love and optimism, right? Like maybe it's a little bit of like, Um, neediness or worry, like you're worried they're going to say no. But what's cool is, is when you have the belief that everyone's always paying you and you're not attached to it, this person says, yes, for all, you know, they hire you in next year, or they tell, like I said, like they share your content or they tell your friend about you and it always comes back. Your job is to trust. And that's another thing. um, Another quality. I think that a powerful coach has is they trust that their work in the world is working, that their actions are going to pay off, whether that's clients paying you now or clients paying you later, like the value you give comes back into your business. They trust that and they test it. They trust it and they test it. Um, One of the things that I will joke with my clients about is like, don't, don't trust me. Like go test it, go test me. Because I think, like I said, there's a difference between understanding all of these things in theory and actually getting out there and doing the work that I just listed, right? Like all the things that Um, I talked about what a powerful coach does, like really looking at this. And like a lot of times, like for me, like it's super easy to do this. I could do this all day. I could read books. I could listen to podcasts. I could take programs. Like I love this, (laughs) but if it's out of sync or out of um, like the ratio gets messed up when I don't take also take massive action. And this is why when I was selling pro coach, like I really talked about the energetics of all of this and like the strategy, because this is our last call before like live call before we start moving into more of like the nitty gritty strategy stuff. And I wanted this to be the foundation because it doesn't matter what I tell you. If you don't have the solid foundation of being in your power and being in love and doing that trending thing, like trending up before you do it, that's, what's going to make the difference. In fact, one of the things that I, that I'm going to ask you to do is go and like follow or watch someone's content that you love today and watch with this lens, watch with like the energy lens. Like, are they in power or are they in force? Because when I look at the people that I love to follow, they're almost always in power. 
they're almost always in like that creative, loving, passionate energy. They don't need anything from me. They are whole. And that makes them really powerful. And I feel that when I'm on my consults and when I create clients, like I don't need anything from them. I have, I have something to offer them. And from there, I can really serve and I can really make a powerful offer. And that's what I am hoping that you guys take from this call is like, it's a subtle shift into power instead of force. It's always available to you. And when you do it, all of this starts to make sense and all of this starts to work. Maybe not like right in this moment. One of the things that I think also um, is super underrated is patience <laughs> because there's a gap between when we're in alignment energetically, like we're, we are really believing we're in power, we're taking action. And there's a gap between when we get to see the results because we live in this world that like that's part of the laws of <laughs> the world we live in. But there's two options for you. And this is something that was really powerful for me. I read it in a book called Rich as F by Amanda Francis. And um, she says, you can wait or you can watch. And I, my encouragement to you is to start to watch things unfold in your business instead of waiting for things to unfold. This is to me is part of being in the miracle, right? Watching people comment on your posts and being grateful for it. Watching people on your sessions get breakthroughs. Watching money come in and celebrating it. Watching like a new way of being instead of waiting for the results that you want, watching it unfold. And that will do more for your business than I think I could even really articulate because it's an energetic thing, right? Like think about the coach that's waiting for something to happen. That doesn't feel very powerful. That doesn't feel like you'd want to like be magnetized by them. Like, like when I think of someone waiting, I've been there. So this comes with a, a lot of love, not preachy, <laughs> but like when I was um, struggling in my business, like I did a lot of waiting. I, I hoped that someone, I would like check my email, see if anyone booked a consult. I would like scroll my social media and hope that someone messaged me. That's waiting versus writing in my journal and being a conscious creator in my life or having a dance party with my girls or booking a, a date night with my husband, like being in my life, watching everything happen instead of waiting. And waiting is also like a mind game. You don't want to play with yourself. Powerful coaches don't wait. They are watching the miracle unfold. And that's a perception that you can always choose. And it's something that like is hard to get conceptually. I mean, easy to get conceptually hard to really live because it's going to be tempting to check your social media one more time. It's going to be tempting to see if you got an email and you, cause you like are wanting it to work versus believing it's working and watching just little things prove that until the client comes. The last a piece of evidence that comes is the client paying you. That is the very, very last thing. But there are pieces of evidence. Even the shifts that you're making on this call is evidence that it's working. A shift in perception, a higher level of consciousness. Can you repeat that, Susie? Which part? Sorry, I missed it. Um, because like the, the truth is, is there's people in your orbit right this second that will hire you. You just don't know who it is. Or that are going to tell that their friend about you that you just don't know who it is. It's already working. Part of our work is just to calibrate to that knowing of it is working. There's people that are getting ready to hire you. They're thinking about hiring you. They're watching your content. They're like, man, like it'd be so cool to work with her. I don't know, like maybe maybe next year um, I'm not ready. Like <laughs> I, I think that really tuning into like they're already in your sphere of influence that are gonna, like the person that's gonna hire you next. That's watching, not waiting. Okay. About being in waiting. Sorry. It was a really good nugget. I'll have to find it in the replay. 
okay sorry Susie yeah I think it's just like the diff like I don't know I've been word vomiting sorry you guys <laughs> but basically like the difference between watching and waiting I don't know if you want me to repeat it Susie but I'm gonna kind of reiterate um because I think it's it's powerful for me to know too. Like I always like take my own programs, you know, <laughs> because this is for me just as much as it is for you. And I think that's actually one of the cool things about what I do is like, I'm still signing one-on-one clients. And so that's why I re like redid pro coach because I have more to share than what's in the original. In fact, if you haven't watched the original in a while, or if you've never watched the original pro coach, and I'm going to re be releasing some of it. You might laugh because it's um, just old, old me. And I am so grateful for her, but I have new wisdom that I want to share with you. And so part of um, the reason I made Pro Coach Live is so that I could get you up to date on what I'm doing now. This is the stuff that I'm doing. This isn't the stuff that I did that didn't work or that I did in the past. This is stuff that I live and breathe. And so it's, it really feels like embodied to me to share this because this is what I do. Like today, um, I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram stories, but I was like, I had a crazy morning with my kids and it was like all over the place. And there was a lot of whining and <laughs> toilet paper everywhere. Cause my 18 month old is like a little kitty and like, just like crazy, crazy town. And so my nanny gets here and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like it's crazy. And then I had like a one-on-one -on -one call pretty shortly after that. And I just took a moment to like really breathe in my office. And I focused on what I was grateful for, even with my girls. And it like, even like really brought me gratitude like almost to the point of tears like I really did the work to get there and then I jumped on my client call and I had two amazing sessions and now I'm here with you guys and my life is like my I trended differently I could have reacted but I chose to be a conscious creator and that's what I love about coaching is that we are conscious creators first and then we help our clients be conscious creators in their own life that's like the coolest job description I could ever imagine for myself. And I, I'm sure you guys feel the same. Like I'm super grateful to be in this industry because the work is for us first and then we get to bring it to our clients. And so anyway, all of that to say, sorry, Susie, like you kind of put me on a tangent because um, I was trying to talk about why I'm doing this work too. But like the waiting and the watching, all of what we talked about today is so relevant for you at every level, whether you're trying to change your prices, whether you're fully booked and you're starting a wait list, whether you're wanting to launch a program, we're going to talk about all the ways that we can serve as coaches, but this is the foundation, which is your own energy, your own perception of your life and business. It's so easy to look at your current results and be dis like discouraged, especially if you're new. Sometimes it takes like that gap between when you're doing things and when the results come that who you are in that gap really can be amazing or it can be like the worst nightmare. It can feel like things aren't working. It can feel very heavy, but that's just your choice in how you see things and what you're watching for. Um, I remember like when I was a newer coach, like I remember just coming home. I used to meet at a Starbucks and my, I think I told you guys last call, like my first client, her name was Amber Smith. <laughs> And so I, I used to walk to the Starbucks and I would coach her in the Starbucks and then I'd walk home. And usually it was like this gorgeous sunset. And I remember like really feeling like how grateful I was making $200 a month. And I was like, love being it. And every once in a while I would be, um, you know, listening to a podcast and this is the danger of the danger and the blessing of being so connected, right? Like I would follow coaches who are making millions of dollars or coaches, even hundred K felt triggering to me. Cause I was like, how do they do that? Like, what is like, what, how do they even do that? I'm so far behind. I, I'm never going to bridge that gap. And 
both were available to me. And I remember like thinking on the way home, like, cause sometimes I'd get home and Wesley would be like, how was your session? And you look kind of like, Ooh. I was like, no, my session was good. And he's like, why are you so heavy? Like what's happening? And usually it was because I was listening to a podcast that made me compare and despair. And I was choosing a perception of my business, like as if it wasn't working or as if it wasn't what I wanted to be doing or that something was wrong. But sometimes I would walk home super happy and I just saw the sunset and I just had an amazing session and I love making $200 a month as a coach. It is so cool. Both options, both experiences were available. The only difference was what I chose to tune into. And that's like what we teach our clients, but that's how business is too. It's what you choose to tune into over and over, not just one time, but daily. Making this choice daily to tune in. Like I, one of my things really is like being in the miracle of your business because you have miracles going on right now. How often have you experienced them? How often have you asked your brain to bring them into your awareness so you can feel them? One of the things that I highly recommend you do is keeping, um, a journal of your experiences and ask your brain to come up with really good things that are happening and not just write it down, but to like really feel it, ask your body to experience it. Whether it's someone telling you on their session that they loved it, whether it's someone sharing your post, like someone shared your intellectual property. That's cool. Or even if it's just something that you like see yourself differently or getting paid or having a new offer idea like really seeing how cool this industry is, that's being in your power as a coach. Because one of the things that I think we need more of is coaches like defending and being in integrity in the industry. That's something that I had in my notes for today is that's really important to me personally, because it's an unregulated industry. I came like from the traditional, like I thought I was going to be a therapist and that's very regulated. And I came from that industry where there's like rules and guidelines and ways of being that are okay and things that aren't okay. And then the coaching industry, there's no rules, which I also love and there's purse to it. And I think it's our personal responsibility to be in integrity with ourselves so that we can talk about the industry with fondness and gratitude and love, because if you're worried about the industry, you're not going to want to sell your coaching. And so really doing the work to get sold on you, on your coaching, on your offer, on the industry and on your clients is like the best work you can do. So with that, I'm going to ask if there's any um, questions or if anyone has something they want like coaching on, because I think that that could be relevant before I move on to the last piece before we go. What's coming up for you guys? Does anyone want me to clarify anything? Or ask me anything? There's no rules. It doesn't even have to, it could just be something that your brain was like, wait, what about this <laughs> one piece? Or can we talk about how to apply it right now in this situation? Anyhow, I'll always stay coached by you, Amber. Okay, I love it. Let me turn my video on. Okay, it's up to you. Okay, hi. Hi. Um, so I, I love your teaching about living in paradox and that is kind of, I guess, like, it's not really a question, but it's, I love hearing your perspective on it because sometimes in seasons of business, I feel like it's moment by moment that I'm in the paradox. And sometimes that feels really exhausting. Yeah. And so just, you know, for example, like today and this week, like I, I've been taking intentional time, like large 
chunks of time, sorry, my dogs are being crazy right now, but large chunks of time, like in the morning and the evening to do very intentional meditation to like get into a good place. And then I'll feel like primo. And then, you know, moments later, it's like, I can slip, feel myself slip back into sort of like scarcity or something. So living in the paradox of like letting them come to you and doing the inner work and all these things like sometimes can feel exhausting. So my question, I guess, or, or what I'd like for you to expand on is how do you handle that when it does feel in times where it's like moment by moment, it's not even like you have, it's like the waves are so choppy. Do you know what I mean? They're not even like giving you time to really like ride in one fully to shore before the next one comes along. Sorry. No, you're totally fine. I love that metaphor so much. So one of the things that might be helpful for you, Susie, one that's super normal. One of the things that really drew me to David Hawkins work, because I quoted him a lot, was like his ability to explain what was happening to me like that, like that, like exactly what you're describing. I was like, what is happening? Because like one, like one moment I'm feeling so grateful. I'm almost like literally moved to tears by my life. And then like five minutes later, like really I'm like super, like it's never going to work. Like I'm the worst. (laughs) And I was like, what is happening? And something that he talks about is when you start to create more consciousness is you're super sensitive to basically your perception of your like surroundings and like your tolerance for duality because you're so aware like that bliss is available that you judge when you're not feeling bliss or like just the duality is very it feels very extreme most yeah, people numb that, that out i think that that hits it on the head for me because i can feel the judgment yeah. Of like, how am I back here? I just yeah. was here like mm-hmm. minutes ago. Yeah, it is judgment. It is judgment. It's totally judgment. And like judging your own human experience isn't helpful. Like just because we have the tools doesn't mean that we're going to be like in bliss every day. I mean, that sounds really nice, but that's not how reality <laughs> reality is. Well, and I think, I think sometimes too, in that judgment, I will like, I'll make myself believe that, well, because I have these like sort of highs and lows or because I'm in this not always blissful state that like I'm messing up a manifestation or something like that, that I'm just like, I'm not in the flow. I'm not in the ease. And therefore that's making things harder for me, you know? Yes. So I'm going to share with you a percentage. Um, I'm going to write it to make it really dramatic. (laughs) But alpha, like I'm in alpha fems, um, uh, code, or what is, what does she call alpha fem experience? And she, oh, hold on. I'm going to draw it, like I said, to be really dramatic here. (laughs) Um, And can you guys see my whiteboard? I think you can. She's like, there's only one percentage you need to know about when you need to be in belief and alignment and like trust that it's working. 51%. And that percentage really helped me see I'm not after being in bliss all day long. I'm not after even being in love all day long. I hope I made that clear. Like this is really about trending, doing the work before we take the action so that we are really in alignment when we're doing the work that matters most. So when you're feeling frustrated or like what you're experiencing, Susie, like all the the waves, we're just after 51% and you can create your, like you can manifest if that's the way. Yeah, that's powerful. That's really good. Yes, that really blew my mind. So it's not about all the time. It's more about coming back, doing the trending work. 
Thank you for that question. So Tina, you said having something that's trauma but don't want to deter us since it doesn't seem to be super related to this conversation. Oh, it's related. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not like the niche stuff will, we will work out, but it's more about your drama about the niche that I'm interested in. So Tina, do you want to come on and, um, yeah, of course. Okay. okay tell me what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I, you know, how you gave me the challenge last session yes. to go and make an offer, which I did. Yes. And then, yay. Um, and I think in doing that, taking that action kind of helped me realize like, oh, I think I, like a part of it is that I've been like afraid that I haven't created enough of my own results around what I'm offering, I guess. Does that make sense? Yes. So what are you offering? So I... <laughs> so maybe this is part of the problem is I don't fully know how to like express it, mm -hmm. but, um, essentially like helping people, um, like find their sacred work. Yeah. Um, that's a there. beautiful way to express it. There you go. Okay. <laughs> um, helping them find their sacred work outside of their survival work. Yeah. And, um, like, I love that because that's how you feel about coaching, huh? It's like your sacred work. I don't know. I don't... <gasps> What's your sacred work then? Because I know you have a job. I don't know what my sacred so, so, so I think this is where I'm like, okay, no, actually, I, I thought about this yesterday. My sacred work is helping people um, uh, raising the consciousness of people, like helping people. Um, how do I say this? Like, um, get past like the, the ego of their mind. Yeah. I love that. What you do in coaching, right? That's like the yeah. word that people are going to understand. Right. Yeah. Um, because especially if you're doing introductory work, like what I think, are you, do you work with people who have not done that work before? Right. Yeah. So they need words that are, aren't going to like freak them out. Like one of the things I think about all the time is like, what I really believe I do is like elevate the consciousness of humanity. There we go. Or like, even like I call myself a business coach, but like, if like my one-on-one sessions, like are um, like nothing's off limits, right? Like we do a lot of consciousness work but we have to use words. And this is something that we're going to talk about in the program, Tina. So I think this is super relevant, which is like using, like understanding what you do, like elevating the consciousness of humanity, but like messaging, like, I love what you said, like, that's what they're going to come to you for figuring out what their sacred work is and distinguishing it between their survival work. And you could have so much content about that. That could look like a side hustle. It could also look like leaving a job. It could look like art. I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. like, like that conscious choice of creating sacred work is elevating in consciousness. What a beautiful way to like bridge mm. those two. Our work is going to be, how do we message that so that people understand mm. and want to pay you for it? Right. So I don't even know if that's drama. I think it's just an opportunity. 
Hmm. I think where the drama comes in is as I, I took a training this last year for, uh, it's called soul's calling coach training. And it was mm-hmm. amazing, yeah. but I like, there was so much content that I didn't feel like I fully like did the work. Yeah. And so now I'm afraid to offer it to other people because I'm like, Oh, I haven't really done all of this yet. Like I've done pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually no, this con- what's really helpful in this conversation is reminding it's just reminding myself of the, like I, the, the goal is to elevate, like the ultimate why is to elevate the consciousness of humanity. And it doesn't have, like each session doesn't have to be perfectly what I learned in that course. It can be sort of a mix of I guess all the different things. Yeah, and, and this is this is important to know. This is like a little bit more of like an art of deep coaching thing, but I think it's important to say when we try to control what our clients get out of our sessions, we miss mm. we miss the coaching. Instead of doing what you know how to do, which we can see your own doubt and fear, and that's okay. But you have like let's look at like kind of like the gap in the gain work, right? Like let's look at what you do know that they don't know. Mm. Let's look mm-hmm. at all the tools and understandings and like experiences and teachers and like even just an understanding of the consciousness work, elevating their consciousness that they don't have, but you can facilitate. Live in the gain of what you know and then sell from there. Yes. And also, and in that whole same vein of the gain, I have elevated my own consciousness. So I have Don't. done the work. Absolutely. Very much have done the work. Yes. And one of the things that has really served me is especially like as coaches, we're not trying, like we are really serving the people who we can serve. And that sounds like obvious, but what I mean is like, I'm not trying to teach you how to make us like run a seven figure business. I don't know how to do that yet. I do know how to sign amazing one-on-one clients. I do know how to sell groups. I do know how to trend upward. Like I'm staying in the things that I've embodied. And if that to me is being an integrity, I'm speaking to the things that I know I can speak to because of my experience, because of the results I've gotten, because of the results I've helped my clients get. And um, what what I'm saying is, is like, there's people you can serve right now with what you already know. And when we focus on that, that's living in the game. (laughs) That's trending upward. That's focusing on the contentment and the sufficiency and all the things that are going to be amazing fuel for your business. And then it's drama just kind of disappears. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. You're, I'm so excited for you. Keep making those calls to action. Like that okay. was like a one-time challenge, but just accept okay, but it as like a lifetime it. challenge. <laughs> <laughs> a forever <Yeah>. challenge. <laughs> Always make calls to action. In fact, some of my one-on-one clients, like they'll post this amazing story and I'll be like, I'll just respond C-T-A because they do this amazing story and then they don't make a call to action. What a missed mm-hmm. opportunity. Mm-hmm. It just comes from your belief that you can help the people that you can help. So keep making those calls to action. It's good. Okay. Anyone else have something that they want to bring to the table before we end? Can I kind of go backwards from last time? Yes. I did the work on it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Um, so 
I was doing the work on the upper limits. Yeah. Okay, let me turn my phone. Okay. And um, what came up for me that I, I like, I don't know, didn't even realize was there, but it's that I'm having a hard time accepting that I'm not just a stay at home mom. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, like my complaint, like the words have been like, Oh, I just like, I don't know how you make the time for it. I'm like, you know, I don't have time. Like things keep interrupting me and I like get all the processes and have listened to and watched like all sorts of, you know, productivity, like you just block it. Right. And just protect it or just your boundaries and stuff. And so I'm like, I get all the concepts, but I was like, I realized today, (laughs) just today, but I'm like, it's because I won't like let go of the self-concept that I'm not just a stay at home mom. Yeah. That's huge for me. And, and there's a lot of moms on this call. Like that was a really big piece of my work is like really not like letting go. It's like adding, I must, cause I still, like, I still call myself a stay at home mom <laughs> and yeah. I'm a business owner. And so is your resistance to this new identity that you're also trying to embody? Yes. Yes. And no, it's kind of like, I am excited about the new identity about being a business owner or work at home mom or whatever you want to call it um it's a little bit hard for me to call myself a business owner because I guess I imagine something different from a business owner (laughs) but the bigger piece is more like the people pleasing with like my husband who doesn't want me to be anything else than a stay-at-home mom yeah that's really hard um and he's articulated that to you Yes. Okay. So yeah, your, your work on that's going to be really important. Um, being firm in it, no matter who believes in it or not, especially when he's your partner in in life, right? Like, um, so I'm kind of curious, like, what do you want to, one, what do you want to make that mean that he doesn't want you to be a stay-at-home mom? I mean, he only wants you to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. So I uncovered some of that. And I think that there's also a piece of like not wanting to outshine him. Yeah, I think that I think he's a little bit jealous that I get to do what I want to do, and he doesn't think that he does. Yeah, and so there's that. Like I try and like hide my work and stuff. Like, yeah. So, and don't you know? I don't. I never talk to him about my big dream or my plans or anything because because they're going to outshine him. They just are. I'm inevitable. (laughs) Yeah, but I yeah. I don't want to talk to him about it. Interesting. So did you said you did the upper limit work on that? Yeah. The outshining. So what great thing is trying to come through? Um, just, I mean, just every, just like my vision of what I want to create. Mm-hmm. What is it? Like, can you be specific? Are you, are you like, are you open to talking about it? on a group call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can kind of be specific. Let me see if I can get to my office. I'm more comfortable in my little zone, but <laughs> I, like it. I, I have my zone too. So you're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, eventually I want to, I want to create a course, like a program course, because what I decided was I like coaching people that already know stuff, you know, <laughs> And so I want to create a course that teaches them the stuff and then have a, 
like it can be standalone or it could have an additional coaching element to it. So that's kind of the model that I want to do. Um, and then like to get there, I'm planning on just creating like small stint courses or not like programs. Like I just ran the health challenge that I did. And now I'm trying to create a, like an identity month kind of deep dive thing. I love it. So now my question is what does a powerful self, like self-concept, a powerful coach identity mean in relationship to your husband? Like, how does that look in your home? Um, I don't know if I fully understand the question, but what comes up for me is I think the way it looks is me being more systematic and more purposeful about my time and getting childcare. Like I think of like action things, Mm -hmm. all the things that I haven't been doing. (laughs) Like like I'm just like kind of secretly work. I wake up like super early (laughs) and (laughs) secretly work here and there. And, um, don't get like one of the things that I'm going to offer you one we have two programs coming in the coaching matrix that I think you're really going to like one is exceptional relationships and two is like um visionaries which is all going to be about feminine leadership in the home and business and so I think that those two will really give you some clarity I'm really excited about them um but as far as like in the context of this program I think one you can't control what he thinks about you in your right And that sounds all well and good until you're like in your living room fighting, (laughs) right? Like, like it sounds great in theory and then really, really hard to apply. And so I want you to choose to have like a lot of compassion for yourself, but also a lot of compassion for him. Um, Because if he's reacting, there's something going on in his experience, right? Like it's triggering something for him. We can only control ourselves, right? Like in your, your choice and how you choose to see him and yourself and your business. And so it's a great opportunity for you to really believe in what you're doing. If your husband's not on board, strengthen your own belief. And he will either like have a choice, but we, either way we can't control how he sees it. Right. So what do you want to believe about your business and your new role as more than a stay at home mom? And yeah, that's yeah, well, and that's exactly, that's what I've been doing. That's kind of what I leaned on is like, it's okay. If he doesn't believe in me, I believe yeah. in me. You know, and if he wants to leave me over this, then that's his choice. I'm not going to be the one, I'm not going to be the one to like call off the marriage, but if he's going to, then I'm not going to stop him. Like, cause he still gets to be a creator. And I know this isn't supposed to be like, a, no, no, <laughs> a it's marriage okay. coaching but it's good to but see. It's like, yeah. But it plays into how I do my business. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. you know, like weighs on me. So. Right. Cause I love that you said, like, if he chooses to leave, he, that's his, everyone gets to do what they want to do. Everyone in this life gets to do whatever they want to do. We have our own boundaries on what that means for us. And like, I think you're, it sounds like you're really clear on what that means for you, but this goes beyond just like an entrepreneur identity is like choosing very consciously how we live our own life and what we expect and tolerate from how other people see it. Like it's still about our own experience, no matter what they say or do about our life, you know? So I would definitely work the upper limits because I think that like he's just giving you a lot of opportunities to work through them. Um, cause there's probably a lot of discomfort there. So I'm cheering for you. Cause that's like, that's really hard. So I hope that you guys can keep communicating about it, even though it's, it's tricky. 
Yeah. So I guess what kinds of, should I just keep journaling about it? How do you work the upper limit on them? Well, you know, what's trying to come in, like the good thing that's coming, like what I see for you is like a powerful marriage and a powerful business. If that's what you want to create, that's available. That's an option. And if that's what you want to create, there's ways of doing that. If you're not open to it, then that's like the marriage pieces between you and your, you and your husband. And if the only thing that you want to create is the business right now, that's available too. So I would ask yourself, like, what good things are trying to come through? How do I want to create it? Because I think bring, bring the idea that your marriage can be great and you have a great business. We don't have to pick one or the other. What options like come to your mind? What work can you do? What ideas do you have there? If anything. Okay. Yeah, I'll work on that. It's, it's like I said, I think it's tricky because of his stance on your, on your business and you have a family and stuff, but I also know like miracles do happen. Like, and people can change their perception um, at any given moment. It's not your job or like, we're not going to make it happen for him. I can only help you decide powerfully how you want to show up. I would even consider it for like specifically for this Sabrina, you might do like a be, do, have model and get really clear on the wife you want to be, the entrepreneur you want to be, the coach you want to be, because entrepreneur and coach are different, right? And decide really powerfully what those characteristics are, regardless of the circumstances going on. Mm -hmm. Because one of the hardest things to do, like I've coached Mm -hmm. on a lot of marriages, and one of the hardest things to do is be the wife you want to be, despite whatever is happening on his end. Yeah. And that's all you can control, right? Like that's literally the only thing you can do is focus on who you want to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, it, it just keeps coming back to just dropping the people pleasing. Yes. Cause I, cause I do feel like I'm being the person that I want to be, but um, it's just not like translating in the way that I want it to, because I mean, cause I still have this, like, oh, if I be this way, then he'll react this way. And he just keeps on not. <laughs> so yeah. and like, the other okay, thing I would kind of play with, have to let him be him. Yes. And the other thing that I would play with, um, I really like the mirror as a tool is like, what is he showing you about your doubts or beliefs about your business? Is there anything that you need to strengthen so that it doesn't matter if he sees you working? Um, like he, there's an opportunity here for you for sure to do your work. I, I think people are our best teachers. And so if he doesn't like your business or if you feel like you have to hide it, what needs to be healed or what needs to be like really believed in so that you wouldn't hide it from him. Mm-hmm. Even, even if, his, even with a reaction, that's not awesome. Who would you have to be to like, this is just who I am. What would you have to do? And what, like, what would you really have to believe about yourself and your future? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll chew on that. Yeah. You're amazing. It's not going to be something that you fix in a, in an afternoon. I wish it was, but <laughs> like it's worth doing the work. So, um, good luck. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, we are pretty much out of time. Thank you for those of you who got coached and um, came and did the work. I, like I said, I'm going to be uploading um, the worksheet for you to really kind of evaluate those little categories that I shared because with new awareness creates new action, new action creates new results. So I'm excited for you to like kind of see what's been working and what hasn't and what you can do 
more consciously in your business, but I'm also excited to be dripping some of the um, videos for you to kind of keep doing this work because I'm not going to be having a call on Monday. I will be flying home from Miami, which is super fun. And I will see you all in a week on Wednesday. And then we'll have a nighttime call on Thursday as well so that we can keep the pace. (laughs) But I'm excited. Like I always say, like it's the integration of the work that matters. So go and apply it. Go make some offers today with your powerful coach identity. And I will see you guys next week. Okay. All right. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Coaching Matrix private podcast. I just wanted to tell you, thank you for being a member. Thank you for being here. I hope you found today's episode helpful for your life and for your business. And I want you to know that I am cheering you on and I will see you in another episode. Bye.